Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking all about emotions. Would you say you're a very emotional woman? Because I definitely am. My emotions have taken me to the highest of highs and down to the lowest of lows. You know, thinking back on my life, I remember that highest moment, I would say. And there have been a lot, but one that stands out to me is when my husband and I got married, we were driving away from the reception of our wedding, and I remember thinking, Life is perfect. I felt every happy, joyful, excited emotion that you can imagine. I was just filled with jubilation over the fact that I was marrying this man of my dreams. We were heading off onto this journey on our honeymoon to start our life together. And then contrast that. Eight years later, I remember being at my lowest point, the darkest place I had ever been spiritually. My emotions were a wreck as I was grieving the loss of a third miscarriage. This one completely caught me off guard, blindsided me with the way everything unfolded. And I remember crying out to God, are you even good? Do you even see me? Do you even care? Why would you let this happen? And my emotions were spiraling in my grief to a very dark place. And I remember realizing that and thinking, wow, I need God's help right now. So whether you are in a really high place right now, a really low place, or just somewhere in between where you're like, yeah, I need to learn how to bring God into my emotions. Stick with me. This is going to be a really helpful conversation as we dig into God's word and discover that he created emotions. They are a very good thing, but they are not always good at leading us toward truth. How can we bring God into our emotions and be guided by his truth no matter how we're feeling? Let's talk about that right now today on The Girl Defined Show. Hey, sisterhood. It is just Kristen here today having this conversation about emotions with you. And I feel like I'm a pretty good fit for this because if you have read our book, Not Part of the Plan, or hung with us for any amount of time, you know that Bethany and I, we've talked about emotions before and we joke that we are polar opposite when it comes to our emotions. So growing up in my family, I was actually nicknamed Miss Waterworks because I was known for having all the tears all the time. So it didn't take much for me to cry and for the tears to start pouring out. I was like waves constantly crashing of emotions. And yeah, it wasn't so fun always for my siblings or my parents, especially in those teen years. But Miss Waterworks followed me into marriage and now my husband, Zach, gets to experience all of my tears. Thankfully, the Lord has redeemed me in many ways. And one of those is how he has grown me and matured me when it comes to my emotions and leading them by his truth, not only being led by my feelings. Now, contrast that, Bethany is also a very big feeler, a very big emotional person, but she doesn't um, express that through a lot of tears. And so jokingly over the years, my siblings and I, we kind of named her The Rock. So here we have Miss Waterworks and The Rock. And side by side, she looked like, you know, the the hard one, kind of, we joked, she had the hard turtle shell. She could take criticism. She take comments. She could handle things and there would be no tears and she would just deal with it matter of fact. And then here I was like always bursting into tears every second. So we joke about that, but we really both are big feelers. We have big emotions. Um, So whether you're a person who expresses it outwardly or you keep it more on the inside and express it differently, this conversation is for you because we all experience emotions. And I think every single one of us experiences what we call in chapter six of our book, Not Part of the Plan, crazy girl emotions, right? Now, I know I'm not the only one who's a Miss Waterworks. Like, I wish I could see all the hands. If you're a Miss Waterworks, raise your hand. If you are more of relate to a Miss Rock, raise your hand. Okay, so we've got a little bit of each, but the truth is, regardless, we all wrestle with these crazy girl emotions. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. We are actually working through a book study through Not Part of the Plan. If you're joining us because of our book club that we have going on, then you know we're chatting about chapter six today, and we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you've been reading this book alongside 
hundreds of sisters all around the world as we discover how to trust God with the twists and turns of each of our own stories. That's what we've been learning about in Not Part of the Plan. And emotions is a huge part of that. Because like I shared in the intro, our emotions have the ability to take us to the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. They um, have the ability to allow us to feel such big things. And it's a beautiful part. Imagine if God didn't give us emotions, right? We would all be a bunch of robots walking around like, yes, I will marry you. This is a wonderful day. Or I feel sad. Like, what kind of world would that be where we're all robots? No, emotions are a beautiful, wonderful thing but they do not always tell us the truth. They do not always lead us to truth. And so that's why it's so important in our emotions, we recognize that God cares about them. He designed them. He created them. Jesus himself experienced different emotions. We see that throughout scriptures, but our emotions were never meant to be the lighthouse, right? Guiding us toward truth. Our emotions are indicators of how we're feeling, but we need to take those feelings to the word of God and allow our feelings, our emotions to be guided by truth and oftentimes even changed by truth. We may be feeling something that isn't accurate, that isn't true. And and as we look at God's word and we study it and we learn how to be skilled in guiding our emotions by truth, then our emotions sometimes will be transformed by the truth of God's word. And I've seen that in my life over and over again. So wherever you're joining us from, if this is your first time here on the Girl Define show, welcome. We love hanging out with the sisterhood from around the world. Um, Welcome to this new community. You are a part of the Girl Define sisterhood, the family here, and I hope you're encouraged by this conversation. And for those of you joining us from the book club, Woohoo! Chapter six. Here we go. So glad you're here. And if you're like, wait, book club, I'd love to jump on board with this. It is not too late. You can still jump on board. It's totally free. Just go to girldefined.com slash book club, girldefined.com slash book club. And you can sign up for free. You can get the PDF download that will guide you through um, this study. It kind of has a little bit more like ways to dig in each week. And then it has the schedule so you know where we're at, which chapter. But you can start at chapter one. You can jump on. You can listen to the previous podcast episodes over the past few weeks and catch up. They're each only like 30, 45 minutes long, so it won't be that hard. Regardless, welcome. And let's dive into emotions. And I really hope that throughout this episode... (laughs) I don't cry because you know me. I am randomly the girl who cries. So what do we do as Christian women? We have these big feelings. What do we do when our emotions take over, right? Um, When we feel like we are controlled by our emotions. Now, I just want to go back a little bit in time because there was a point in time um, when humanity humans experienced emotions perfectly. And being a really outwardly emotional person myself, I I wish I could go back to this place. And honestly, once I'm redeemed fully on the other side of this life in heaven with the Lord, I know my emotions will be 100% redeemed. Um, But there was a time where emotions were perfect. And that, yes, is with Adam and Eve. When God made them, they still had emotions. They still felt, but every emotion was perfect. It was perfect in proportion. Um, it was perfectly led by led by truth because there was no sin. And I just think, wow, that must have been awesome. And then sin entered the scene, Genesis 3, right? And now Adam and Eve, they what do they feel? One of the first emotions they feel is fear, scared. They run away and they hide from God. Now talk about how crazy that must have been for them because they had never felt an emotion of that sort of fear and being afraid and, and scared of God and ashamed. They felt ashamed we see in scripture. And so they were hiding from the Lord. And that must have been really weird for them as they were navigating that individually and as a married couple. But from that point on, sadly, 
those perfect emotions that we had in that perfect garden, they were gone. And now emotions would forever be tainted and and um, distorted by sin. Our emotions are not going to be perfectly pure like they were early on. And so we have to recognize that. We can't view our emotions as some sort of benign feeling um, that has no ramifications or impact on our decisions, our life, our thinking. We have to recognize, okay, even my emotions, what I feel, what I'm thinking about in any given moment might not be completely in line with scripture. And so we, as women, we need to be very aware of this and as Christian women, especially, because I think we can dismiss our emotions as just like, okay, not a big deal, but we need to recognize that, yeah, our emotions have been impacted by sin and we need to be intentional to guide them with truth, whether we're married, whether we're single, whatever season we're in, we need to recognize that our emotions are strong and powerful and can push us to make different decisions because of how passionately we may feel about something at every given moment. But are those strong emotions being led by the truth of God's word? So when it comes to your emotions, I just want to ask you um, what you wrestle with the most. And I'm going to read some different options from Not Part of the Plan, Chapter 6. Maybe you wrestle right now with anger and are known for yelling at your parents or your husband, um, roommate, when you get upset. Maybe emotionally you struggle with feeling super down um, when you don't get attention from a certain guy, a certain group of people, maybe on social media. Maybe you find yourself constantly irritated at a certain family member or friend and you feel like you lack all patience. I know I've been there. Or maybe you feel stuck in a pit of sadness and you don't know how to get out of it. You're just in a place that feels dark and you don't know how to see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. Or maybe you've been hurt by someone else's sinful choices and you're struggling to process your pain. Maybe deep down, you're wrestling with a lot of fear about the future. You just don't know where you're going to land, what decisions to make, which turn to take. Or maybe you're grieving over a loss and struggling to see any hope. Loss of a family member, maybe a miscarriage, uh, maybe a friend, um, something really hard, loss even of a job, loss of a dream, and you're grieving and you're struggling to see the hope beyond that. Or maybe your tears just seem to fall unannounced at the slightest thing. Something that I love about scripture is that God is not silent when it comes to emotions. He recognizes that because of sin, emotions really have become a beautiful and yet challenging part of our life. And we as Christian women wrestling with our sin, how do we deal with the very real ups and downs of our emotions? How do we walk in truth when everything inside of us is screaming at us, to go the opposite direction, right? Or how do we choose a gracious response when people hurt us? How do we grieve over real loss while still finding our ultimate hope in Christ? How do we find joy for some of us when all we feel is numbness? We have to go to God's word. Whatever you're feeling, wherever you are right now, whichever one of those those descriptions I read, you feel like connects with you, relates to you with where you're at right now. Each one of us, we have to go to God's word. And as we go to one of my favorite places, which we're going to go to right now, whether you're jogging, doing dishes, listening to this in a drive, um, you don't need to turn there, but allow these words to be an encouragement to you. When we look at the Psalms and we look at specifically the Psalms of David, do you know what I absolutely love about David? Is that he was one transparent dude. Like look at some of the Psalms and look at the cries of his heart, the honesty of his anxiety, of his fear, of the wrestle of, of the words that he uses. And you will see a man who isn't a robot, but a man, right? 
right? Sometimes I think we peg women as the emotional ones, but look at this, these Psalms from David. We're going to read one here in a second. Actually, we're going to read a snippet, snippet from a few Psalms, but he was a guy who had big emotions, just like a lot of us, big high emotions, big down emotions. But what did he do? He didn't just bottle up his emotions inside or just explode them, you know, spewing emotions all over the place. No, he wrestled through them by bringing God into them. And that is something I know I have struggled with over the years. Um, I struggle to bring God into my emotions. I struggle to turn in my emotions toward God and look at his word or remember truths from his word that I know I struggle to do that. And I'm so grateful for this example of David in the Bible over and over again through the Psalms who constantly brought God into emotion. So listen to this from Psalm 6. David, I am weary with my moaning Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch in my weeping. My eye wastes away because of my grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Not a lot of hope there. We're getting to it. Psalm 142, David says, With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. And then Psalm 3, O Lord, how many are my foes. Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. Talk about transparency. It's honestly like David is giving us a little peek inside his man journal, right? Like he's writing these psalms, which are were originally written as songs. And David is not hesitant at all when it comes to pouring out his passionate feelings, his thoughts, his burdens. He brings all of that to the Lord. But the thing I love the most and the thing that Psalm 3 at the end there really brought out is that he doesn't just shove his emotions under the rug. He doesn't just cry out in the pain, but he takes his feelings to God. He pours out his feelings to his creator. And we as modern women need to learn from this because this is exactly what God wants the two wants wants all of us to do as well. Now, this is something I know God wants for all of us. I see it in scripture, taking our emotions to the Lord. But like I said before, I have not been so good at doing this over the years. And I remember specifically early on in my marriage, um, Miss Waterworks marrying Zach and Zach having to wake up to the reality of this wife who wouldn't cry every day, but it wouldn't take much to make me cry, whether it was a joyful cry or a sad cry or a hurt cry, whatever it was, um, I was kind of known for crying. And so my poor husband's like, how do I deal? Like, he's not emotional, really. Um, He doesn't get really riled by much at all. He's like Mr. Steady Eddie when it comes to his emotions and his feelings and just more matter of fact, which praise the Lord, that's what I needed. But here this man is, right? Zach, Mr. Steady, and he's married to this like up and down roller coaster lady. And I remember early on in my marriage realizing how how my emotions were like a roller coaster, like up and down with like the drop of a hat. And I remember like praying every day, God, please help me to control my emotions. Help me to get my emotions under control. Lord, I need your help. More self-control, right? Those were my prayers. But I remember 
like a week after week, not seeing a lot of progress and starting to feel really discouraged. Like I feel like my emotions are just ruling me and I'm praying for God to help me, but I'm not seeing a lot of progress. And I just felt a little lost. I wasn't sure what to do. And then I remember specifically going to this conference and it was an amazing conference um, all about a bunch of biblical topics and like how the gospel um, is at the center of so many of the things that we wrestle with is like our true hope. And I remember one of the breakout sessions was on the topic of emotions and like how to bring Christ in to our emotions and to filter our emotions with truth. And this is the first time I had really been um, to any sort of session like this, the first time I had really heard such solid biblical teaching on this topic of emotions. And I remember specifically um, the guy who was teaching, he said that our emotions are actually fueled by what we're thinking about, which is why the Bible so many times over and over tells us to take our thoughts captive or to meditate on the word, to meditate on what is true. What is meditation? It's just thinking about something over and over again intentionally, which if any, you know, I I struggle with worry as well. If you struggle with worry, you're really good at meditating, right? Because worry is just the wrong form of meditation. It's worrying, meditating, thinking about something over and over, but in a worrisome way, in a way that's not really taking it to the Lord. And I remember he said, Your emotions are fueled by your thinking. So instead of trying to just approach it from an emotional standpoint, like God help my emotions, he said, we need to pray and ask God to help us with our thinking. We need to stop and ask ourselves in every given moment when we're feeling really emotional to ask, what am I thinking about? Because our thoughts fuel our emotions. What are my thoughts thinking about right now? Where are my thoughts? Are they thinking about what is right and true, like Philippians says? Or am I thinking about uh, maybe I'm I'm focused on angry thoughts or maybe I, I feel hurt and I'm only thinking about what the other person did. I'm not thinking about my response or how I could respond in a Christ-like way or um, any other truths from scripture, right? And so often... Our emotions, good and bad, are fueled by what we're thinking. But when our emotions are, we feel like controlling us, leading us, guiding us, we really need to stop and take a step back and ask ourselves, what am I thinking about? What am I meditating on? Is it true or is it not? And that for me was a turning point in my battle with my emotions. I stopped praying, God, would you help me with my emotions? And I started praying, God, would you help me to control my thinking? Would you give me self-control with my thinking? Would you help me to meditate on what is true? Now, this isn't just in those moments when you feel emotional, but way more, like all the time. And so I started reading Psalms before bed because I, you know, when you're tired and late at night and it's like, okay, I can be even more emotional then. I just remember thinking I need to be meditating on um, scripture. I started memorizing scripture more intentionally. I wasn't doing that before. And the more that I filled my heart and my mind with truth from God's word, inputting that truth, it started to transform my thinking. Imagine that, God's word changing my thinking, right? But my thoughts were starting to be filled with what was true. And so when my emotions would come, you know, I'd feel something and oh, like a big emotion hits me. Instead of just following that emotion down the road like before, I was training myself to be an active thinker. And I would stop and say, okay, what am I thinking about? Is it true? Is it right? Is it honorable? Is it pure? Does it bring glory to God? Um, whatever the issue was. And I would stop and ask myself those questions and I would pray, God, help me right now to meditate on what is true. And I'm talking even emotions like 
For example, in my marriage, my husband would maybe not even do anything. Like he would do something that that wasn't even like he wasn't even trying to like hurt hurt my feelings or whatever. Like okay, maybe he didn't text me, um, change of plans. Like you know, I was planning on a certain time for dinner and he forgot to text me. He was going to be home later, but it was just a little bit later. And I would you know early on in my marriage, I would feel hurt by that. And you know, why didn't he let me know? That wasn't really very considerate. You know, he needs to be more considerate. Does he even care about me? Does he love me? Ooh, you know, and there here comes the waterworks. Right? What was happening? I was, yes, a real thing occurred. Okay, yeah, could my husband have been more thoughtful in that moment? Sure, but it's not the end of the world. But my emotions were leading me to a place where I'm now doubting my husband's love, doubting all these things, right? Like I was not being led by what was true, by the history of our marriage, even though it had not been that long at that point. And so that's where leading me, leading my emotions by truth and even asking God for grace in that moment. Lord, you are a gracious God. Give me your grace, even in this moment with how I respond to my husband. Another example, during the lowest point of my life, my third miscarriage, where I felt in like that dark valley I shared in the intro, um, I just felt like I was in a spiritual tunnel. And I remember in that grief feeling like God was not a good God, like he was a God pulling tricks on me. Um, kind of a cruel God is how I felt. That's what my emotions were feeling. And I remember recognizing how scary that was because I'd never felt that way toward God before to that degree. And I remember thinking, I have to lead my emotions with truth or I'm going to spiral into a pit that I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of. And so what I did, and I've shared this before, is I, for 30 days, every day, I took one name or attribute of God that is listed in scripture and I looked up those passages and I just read about that one name or attribute of God. I meditated on it. I thought about it and I thanked God for it. Day after day for 30 days, that dark pit of grief and feeling angry toward God slowly dissipated. Yes, the loss was still there. There was still grief in that loss, but my my feelings toward God were directed by his truth. I was no longer feeling angry at God. I was believing the truth about who he says he is by intentionally guiding my emotions by his truth. And that is what I'm talking about, bringing God into our emotions, guiding our emotions by God's truth. And by the way, if you're like, I need... 30 days of praying through the names and attributes of God, meditating on that, we have created a free PDF that you can get at girldefined.com slash God. And this is for any woman who feels like I need to renew my heart and my emotions in the truth of God's character. Go to girldefined.com slash God and download that because it was instrumental for me in those darkest places of my own life. Okay, another passage I want to turn to that is so compelling, and this is one for anyone right now who is feeling like they're in that dark place, um, or if you have been in the past or you know someone who is. It actually comes from Lamentations, and it has become one, like a passage that is near and dear to my heart. But Lamentations isn't the isn't a book that everybody's like really familiar with. Um, not not a lot of us are reading it on the daily. But listen to this, this progression as the writer is expressing their emotions. Okay, it starts like this in chapter 3, verse 17. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. So this writer is in a pretty dark place, right? Lamenting. I mean, the book of Lamentations is about lamenting. So this person is bereft of peace. They have forgotten what happiness is. This is honestly how I felt in that really dark moment. Maybe this is how you feel right now. You feel like your hope from the Lord has perished. But then listen to what the writer says next. 
but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. But this I call to mind, right? Did you hear that? This writer is being so honest about the place they are at. But what do they do? They don't just stay there. They don't stay in that place of darkness. They call to mind truths about the Lord, that his steadfast love never ceases, that his mercies never come to an end, that they're new every morning, that his faithfulness is great, that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And this progression is so personally relatable to me because that is exactly the progression I walked through after my third miscarriage when I felt like I was in that dark place and I had to intentionally call to mind the truths of the Lord's character in order to find hope. And so I encourage you to do that. Look up Lamentations 3.17. Really, it's 3.17 through 25. Meditate on that. Follow this pattern. This is the scripture revealing to us a healthy biblical pattern for overcoming those really dark emotions, for pulling out of those emotions. Yes, grief, there should be a grieving process, but we do not grieve as people without hope, right? Because even the worst thing that can happen to us on this planet, the greatest loss we can experience, is not overshadowed by the glory that we will one day experience when we have new bodies, when we're in our home in heaven, when we recognize that this earth is passing away, that we are ambassadors. This is not our home. We are moving toward eternity with our Father. There is nothing that can happen to us on this earth that can take our ultimate hope away because it is not something earthly. It is not something temporal. It is an eternal hope that we have because of Jesus. And so as we wrestle with brokenness and sin and pain and grief on this earth, we call to mind the truth of God with that eternal perspective in mind. And there is so much hope in that. Okay, I want to talk really quick about um, the fact that our emotions aren't always telling us what's true. And you know what? I think all of our emotions should be lawyers because they can be really compelling, right? Can I get an amen? Do you feel sometimes like your emotions are so compelling? What you feel is so true, but deep in the depths of your heart, you know it's not true, right? I've been there so many times and I love the way um, my friend Erin Davis, she's an author, writer, speaker, such an amazing godly woman. Um, This is how she explains it, emotions. She says, you may feel like no one loves you when in fact there are dozens of people in your life who care deeply for you. Difficult circumstances may cause you to feel like God has abandoned you when his word promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. You may feel like a challenge you are facing is impossible to overcome despite the fact that God's word promises that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The bottom line is this, she says, our emotions don't always reflect God's truth. And I will say a hearty amen to what Aaron says because that is so, so true. Our emotions don't always reflect what's true. That is why we have to go to the word. And this includes things like if someone says something to you or some a one way that practically that I've had to really wrestle with this um, is even just engaging on social media. So it's no secret that there are a lot of people who love Girl Defined and a lot of people who do not love Girl Defined. And those who do not love Girl Defined, let us know quite frequently through DMs, through 
even reviews on this podcast, which by the way, if you really appreciate this content, would you leave us a five-star review? We see them. We read them. They're really encouraging um, because we also get a lot of emails that are not so encouraging. And my temptation in being a very emotional person is I see these comments and I tend to receive them as fact when more often than not, yes, there could be some honest criticism, things we can take into consideration, but more often than not, they're just spiteful, hateful people saying really rude things about us that aren't even true. And it can be easy in those moments for me to take that on as truth and almost start to wear it as my identity or want to respond in anger or fear or anxiety about things that people are saying. And I have to go to the the truth of God's word. I have to ground my emotions and the truth of my identity in Christ, first and foremost. And you know, that's that's hard. And it's something I have been working on. God has been growing me in this. But I know that you face that your own version of that, whether it is on social media or it's a family member or someone that you feel like is really negative in your life or even... Um, things that you're just intake, things you're you're taking in, um, not even directly, but you start to believe lies about your identity, lies about your purpose, lies about success, lies about um, what it means to be a woman. And we have to take those things and rather than just receiving them as fact, regardless of who's saying them, we have to take all of that to God's word and not allow our emotions in that moment to be compelled by what we're hearing and then to believe it. Because what we hear, if we believe it, then guess what? We act on it and we start living by it. And if it's not rooted in the truth of God's word, we are going to be basing our identity, acting on, living out something that isn't even true. And it's sneaky. And the enemy wants to deceive us, wants to take us down um, that path of lies. And so we as women have to be sober-minded, like scripture says, going to the word, studying, learning how to guide our emotions by truth. So I think that's just something that's really important for us as women, Christian women, to recognize. Um, So in closing, I just want to say to all of my emotional sisters out there, which is every single one of us, whether we keep it in or out, that God sees you. He created your emotions on purpose and he has a good plan for how you can embrace them rightly. And I want you to know that filtering your emotions with truth, it doesn't mean that you're ignoring your feelings because I think sometimes we can, um, you know, over-spiritualize it where we're like, no, I must not feel, I must not think, I must just obey the word. No, God created us with emotions. Filtering your emotions with truth doesn't mean you're ignoring your feelings. It means you're intentionally bringing God into your feelings. And we do that because we know that our emotions do not always reflect God's truth. And so instead of being led by our emotions, we know that God wants to help lead our emotions with his truth. What we choose to think about and believe will fuel how we feel. Our emotions do have their good and rightful place in our lives, but that should always, always be behind the steering wheel of God's truth. And I just want to say a prayer right now in closing for all of you sisters out there from my own heart. And I'm actually going to take this prayer from the study guide in chapter six of Not Part of the Plan, because at the end of every single chapter, we have a written out prayer that you can pray because sometimes we don't have the words to say. We don't even know what to pray to God. And so we wrote out these personal prayers for you to use in taking your heart to God as we tackle so many different topics in Not Part of the Plan. So join me now and let's go before the Lord together, asking him to help us guide our emotions by his truth. Oh Lord, thank you for creating me with emotions. I'm grateful for the ability to feel deeply, to love others intimately, to laugh with joy, and to grieve during hard times. These emotions are a gift from you, and I praise you for them. 
Thank you for hearing my prayers and allowing me to pour my heart out to you. In my life, I know that my emotions can get the better of me and lead me down the wrong path. I know that my heart is quick to dwell on the wrong things and believe lies rather than your truth. Help me to take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and to lead my emotions with your word. Help me to find my ultimate hope and identity in you. Amen. Amen, sister. I'm praying for you. I love you so much. I'm so excited to walk through Not Part of the Plan with all of you who are doing the book study. Again, if you want to join us, join us. It's not too late. Go to girldefined.com slash study. And for the rest of you, thank you for being here today. I hope this was encouraging to you. I needed all of these reminders. This is a constant ongoing battle. It's not a one and done victory. It is like a lifelong pursuit of filtering my emotions with truth and going to the word first and foremost. And so I am still very much on this journey. I am right there with you. Let's link arms uh, virtually, spiritually, and pray for one another in this. Um, and if you want to hang out with us more, um, come over on Instagram. Instagram at Girl Defined. We love to hang out with you. If you want to get our weekly updates on any videos, podcasts that are coming out, just go to girldefined.com slash God and you can you accomplish two things. One, download that free PDF with the names and attributes of God. And two, you'll join our mailing list. Um, and that'll keep you in the loop on everything that's happening, all of the free resources that we are putting out for you um, every week, every month, and then any upcoming events or fun things we have going on for the sisterhood. And then if you would end by leaving me that five-star review to encourage my heart and any other women who see this podcast because when you leave that review, it helps other women find it. And we want as many women we know to be plugged in to this sort of truth, this gospel-centered truth to find hope in the Lord. I love you guys so much and I'll see you next week.